Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Staredown. It's our weekly sports talk and real estate show. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by my regular co-hosts, Bill Risser in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Todd Coming up in Cumming, Georgia. Evening, boys. Monday night. Welcome. Bill, how are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm as tired as you are since it, Todd's name is Todd Cumming in Cumming, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long week, right, Sean? <laughs> yeah, I'm Tom, Tommy Atlanta. Hey, let's, let's go to Tommy Atlanta. I'd say at this point, I'm just breathing heavy, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, things are good. I you know, had a great, we'll call it a week off, but I, I spent uh, three days with you in, in wonderful Phoenix at the uh, Arizona Association of Realtors Convention. Then I got to go to San Diego, uh, play a couple of rounds of golf horribly, uh, but still had a great time. And our 32nd annual San Diego Smokey Joe Rotisserie League baseball draft. So it was uh, a lot of fun for me. Great week. And you feel good how, how your draft ended? Do you feel confident? Yeah, I, I think I did okay. Um, my pitching pitching is easy to build in, in rotisserie-style baseball. It's very easy to get free agents that are still decent. I've got my eye on a couple guys because I, I drafted a couple guys like Jimmy Nelson of the Brewers, who's out till the All-Star game. But I got him oh. super cheap, so it's a, a long-term play, right, because we're a dynasty league. And um, I, I, I drafted Anthony D. Sclafani from the Reds, who's out okay. too a little bit. He's hurt, so he'll be about a month out. So I've got to replace those two guys, but I think uh, Di Sclafani is like one or two on the team, right? I mean, he, yeah. I know that, that doesn't say much about their pitching staff. but And boy, I, I got to guess someone changed their pick on Madison Bumgarner early in the draft and, and ended up picking him up late, right? Well, and remember, it's an auction style. So his name got thrown out pretty early because people wanted to see what he would go for. And in our, in our thing, he went about 70% of value. So there, people still want to pick him up. You know, he's, okay. he's that good in the second half, so. It's okay. a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's, um, you know, we, we uh, <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this a long time. So, so who's your big, tell us who your big bats are so we can watch for them to, sure. to have good nights. So I have, uh, I have uh, Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs. Mm, a nice I, love yep. I also picked up in the draft, Nolan Arenado of the Rockies, who's one of the top hitters in baseball, right? Yeah. Um, the other guy that's important on my offense is going to be Billy Hamilton, who I picked up. Might have okay. overspent a little bit, but those stolen bases are an important category as well. He with the Braves now? Uh, no, still with the Reds. Reds, still with the Reds. Reds, okay. Yeah, and then the other the other guy that um, I, I like people to watch out for is uh, Jake Lamb. He's a 27 year old third baseman for the D backs. This kid, yep. he can be a stud. So I have him good. as well. Good, good. And your and your stud pitcher is who? Uh, unfortunately, my studiest pitcher is not that <laughs> studly. <laughs> uh, Gio Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. I, oh, and Zach Greinke, who's hurt. So. Okay, and then Gio Gonzalez from the uh, Nationals, Marlins, right? Yeah, Nash- my closer is Brandon Morrow of the Cubs, who replaced Wade Davis, who replaced Aroldis Chapman. So. All right, good, yeah. good, good. Yeah. All right, and Todd, how are you, bud? What's going on? Uh, oh God, apparently nothing compared to you guys in Bill's uh, fantasy <laughs> baseball draft. No, things are good, Sean. Just plugging away. I had a great weekend. Um, my son finished his freshman freshman season of lacrosse. Had his final two games on Saturday. Nice. Um, had a good experience there, ready to take a little break. And then before you know it, uh, summer club ball will, uh, will be going on. He's, 
he uh, he made a summer lacrosse team uh, pretty excited about it. So that's it for me personally, but a good weekend of sports for sure. Good. And I had a great time in Arizona <clears throat> seeing my friend Bill and had a great round of golf at a course called Papago. Uh, and that's right there in Tempe. Uh, Bill and I both got in late from uh, the two different respective cities, Columbus and St. Pete. Uh, had a little tour of the Arizona State campus. Stopped by a little nice brewery for last call called uh, Four Peaks. Yeah. Uh, they're known for their kilt lifter and their hop knot beers. Uh, and then we had a great round of golf and really enjoyed that. Bill, I didn't have any birdies, did you? Nope. Yeah, no birdies. I, we had a couple looks at them, but uh, great, great municipal course. And then we uh, we really enjoyed hanging out with the crew from the Arizona Association of Realtors. Uh, tip of the cap to James and Beth Adams for doing a great job, and and uh, Barbara Freestone, the the uh, uh, the EO is she the EO? No, she she's the, she's the uh, education vice president, senior vice president of uh, education. Um, she handles GRI, and she this is her big event. She's done this now for thirty three years. Wow, so that, she's been there a long time. Great job. And Bill and I both helped raise some money for the uh, Arizona Political Action Committee for Realtor, Realtors and the Women's Council of Realtors. We do, both donated some of our, our skills and our talents. Um, so that was fun. And then, Bill, we had a great day. I don't know if you saw the video. Uh, Dane took us shooting up in the mountains up north of Phoenix. And uh, first time I shot a gun since Cub Scout Jamboree. Uh, wow. And, uh, and you returned. And you returned a yeah, lot. Yeah. Okay. All fingers and <laughs> shot some shot some pistols, shot some revolvers, some shotguns and some rifles and a had a great time and it was a, a lot of fun and um, they taught us gun safety and they taught us, you know, really uh, we, we were shooting at steel targets up on the mountains about 125 yards away. And so it was, it was, it, it's a lot, a lot more to it than just, uh, you know, what you think. So it was, oh, yeah. it was a lot of fun and it was very safe and a uh, great time. And then we uh, just, I, I got to tell you, Todd, uh, you, you got a chance to experience it in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Mm. Nothing, nothing better than going out shooting, having a nice Mexican lunch, a couple margaritas. I had some Corona's. And then we come back and sit by Dane's pool and watch March Madness tip off at four four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's wild, it's, isn't it? It's wild. beautiful. So let's, let's talk about that, guys. Let's start with March Madness. Uh, we're we're down to the Final Four. Uh, we hit the the Sweet Sixteen heading into the weekend. Clearly, uh, the stories we can go a couple different ways, but I think the main story is Loyola Chicago Ramblers, uh, eleven seed, Sister Jean, ninety eight year old team mm. chaplain. Uh, the team gets by. Uh, you know they 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 win on on a Thursday night, uh, and then they beat Kansas State, who upset Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't we start in that region? And, and what did you think of the story with Loyola Chicago? They're not the they're not the first eleven seed to make it. They just maybe are one of the smaller ones that you wouldn't think of. Now this team beat the Gators in Gainesville this year. They beat mm-hmm. Miami Hurricanes. They beat Tennessee Volunteers. And then who they beat in the Sweet Sixteen? They beat. Uh, I'm trying to blank. What's wrong with me? Uh, Nevada. Yeah, uh, right. they beat Nevada, and so you know they 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 got they got a heck of a team. You know, seven kids on that team, seven have won state championships in high school. Hmm. So so they're they're guys that just know how to win. Um, any thoughts on on that whole bracket? Kentucky losing uh, a close one to Kansas State, and then Kansas State succumbing to really what was, what was not really a close game ever. Right? Kansas State kept bringing it back to like ten, maybe eight, uh, but they just couldn't get any closer. Uh, Loyola Chicago, kind of America's team at this point in time, just like George Mason was, just like Virginia Commonwealth was. Um, what do you think of that bracket? Bill, let's start with you. Yeah, I think that when Virginia lost in the South, uh, it just opened up this opportunity, right, that just really uh, changed everything. Um, but but still, they beat a three-seed Tennessee, right? <laughs> I mean, they uh, And they, the, the path got cleared a little bit with the K-State upset of Kentucky. 
but more my hats off to them. Like that's unbelievable. I think I, it's funny though. I'm hearing some, I hate to say this lightning might strike me. I'm hearing some backlash against sister Jean. You know what happens? You, you get real popular and real fast. Mm. Everybody loves you. And then all of a sudden people are going, Hey, I think she's a, uh, she's taking too much credit. <laughs> I've heard that from a few people. Wow. So I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm not saying that's me, but no, no, no. Yeah, those, are the, those are the same people that hate Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe you're right but you're, you're right it's, it's people that kind of get tired of a of a side story mm-hmm. right it's a it's that favorite fan it's that it's that little kid maybe who you know they're all rallying around um look it is what it is it's 98 year old what was the lady for the minnesota vikings uh, right. you know she was i think she was yeah. 100 yeah yeah so todd what do you what do you think of that bracket uh, i mean you, you took the words out of my mouth um for some reason um these athletes teams they need to rally around something, don't they? And usually it's, it's, it's um, what do you call it? Not chalkboard, um, bulletin board material, right? They right. love turning the words of their opponents. In this case, they have a fan who's, you know, what, 90-something years old, Sister Jean. Um, God, run with it. Those people who are sick of her, just wait another week or two, and you'll never never hear from her again. You know, Sean, you, uh, you, you mentioned seven players – I read 15 state titles amongst seven guys who've been there. Wow! So, and I, I don't know if that 15 is correct, but obviously seven of one. Um, I was very hardcore and hard pressed to say, okay, a week of them being interviewed, a week of the press uh, talk, talking to those guys, a week of the spotlight, they're going to crumble. But then I read that they have all those state titles to name. So maybe they're used to winning in the pressure. I don't know, but my gut feel is, is this is the end um, and Michigan should advance, but, Kentucky uh, losing to K-State, unfortunately for K-State, that was it, right? They kind of that, – that was kind of their pinnacle. Um, yeah. I don't think it surprises us Kentucky didn't make it. Maybe it does some of you out there, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. I think they went about as far as, as they were going to go. Uh, word in Atlanta is, is they can fill seats. They were in Atlanta, and it was all Kentucky, um, and those crowds are, are very passionate, to say the least. From yeah. So. yeah, for sure. Uh, let's stay with Thursday's – Thursday, Saturday's games uh, out West uh, Gonzaga goes down to a upstart Florida state team uh, and Michigan just rolls Texas A&M. I mean, that game wasn't even close from the mm. get. I mean, that was a 20 point game about 20 minutes, about 12 minutes into the game. Uh, Michigan had a kind of a, a, a steady lead and then Michigan um, in a close game against Florida state. Um, but, but Michigan hits a couple, their only three pointer of the game. Uh, I believe his name's Robinson, the kid that's the, uh, uh, the coach's son yeah. uh, drills that corner three on a beautiful drive and dish by the, by the guard um, and just c- kind of got the over-aggressive Florida state defense to collapse into the lane, kicked it out, made, makes the shot. And then the guy hits, I think four straight three pointer or four straight free throws. And then it gets to that kind of controversial finish where uh, Florida state goes down, hoists up a kind of an ill-advised three pointer because um, they didn't need to score a three pointer, but, once again, I think you just get nervous that you're running out of time. They don't have any timeouts left. But what was your thoughts on Florida State choosing not to foul at the end? So I, I was okay with it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I know that uh, it became fodder for talk show hosts to just go off on um, the coach of Florida State. He, Leonard, he, Hamilton, Leonard Hamilton. Hamilton, who oh, I thought – I loved what he did in the hallway <laughs> outside of his locker room. I think he was – he held it in. You could tell he wanted to go someplace, and he kept control <clears throat> about the process. Look – um, you know, the odds are what one in a thousand that you're going to 
make something happen there because there are three things that had to happen, right? I mean, right. two free throws had to be missed. The guy that's a 93% free throw shooter has to right. miss two. Has to miss two. Then you got to ho- get the ball, hoist up something quickly, um, as, uh, either steal the inbound pass and score again. Right? Or have a miss or, both. Or have a miss two more. And so it's just silly. Um, I know that you don't give up till the game is over, but I think that, um, you know, and if the kid who didn't foul him was looking to the coach for the, you know, because he kind of looked right to the sidelines, should I foul? You know, I think at that point, um, it's over. I'm with you. I think it's a much ado about nothing. Yeah. About, what do you think, Todd? Hey. Uh, geez, it's 8-18 Monday, um, March 26th. Normally, I'm totally in sync with what you have to say, Bill, but I'm, I'm on the opposite end of you on this. Right. Um, first of all, I think, yes, the probability are so slim. Um, I agree with all the statistics, but you play to the game's over. It's a four-point game. Yes, he's not going to miss two in a row, but you foul him and, and take your chances, right, for the for the miracle Cinderella story. So I didn't like him not fouling. And then I didn't like his reaction at all. Um, this is a reporter doing her job, asking a question that everyone's thinking, right? So hated his reaction. That said – the next day, his statement that came out, I thought was totally redemption on his part. He basically said, hey, there's a lot going on, a lot of motions. I was asked a question, didn't like the question, didn't know how to answer. You know, I wish I could do it over again, but I can't. And to me, I'm, I'm fine. He had a moment, and he came back the next day and said, you know what? In a perfect world, I would have responded differently. I don't even think um, his moment was that bad, though. All he said was, why are you asking me that? He, look. He looked at her like she was crazy, and it was a totally legit question. It was a totally legit question. Yeah, I guess. Um, that's, that's, where, that's my point of view, but you tell yeah. me different. I'm, I'm no, right. no, I, I, I love what Barkley had said. that. Um, well, he showed some restraint there because Barkley said, I'd have just chewed her ass out. <laughs> well, and, that, and that, I think, was part of his, I don't even want to call it apology, his explanation, because I don't necessarily think he owed her an apology, but part of his explanation was, <laughs> I didn't know how to answer that question without probably like blowing her head off, right. which in the moment is legit. So he chose to give her a funny look and be quiet. Um, and that's, that's okay, right? That, I think that's better than doing a Richard Sherman, you know, on the side, you know, on the, after an emotional game where you're spending, I mean, the, think about what that is to him, right? This is a chance to get to the final four and you're going to like ask me about this play at the end of the game. F you. Well, I'm for that right now. I know. And, and on the, no, 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 no. I agree with you. On the flip side, She's got to know that she's asking a question that needs to be asked, and she yeah. did the right thing by asking. Yep. You're going you're gonna to get um, some non-favorable attitudes because of the heat of the moment, the situation. Right. right. Um, she, she, did, she did kind of back a little bit, and she says, I'm just asking what the guys wanted to know. Which, kind of, I, which I hated that. Yes, I, I did not like the that. fact that she made it like the, well, the guys, in the, it's not my question. Don't, don't get yeah, mad at yeah, the, yeah. the little girl reporter. Do the announcers yeah. under the bus. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Todd, here's a question for you. So you say, look, it, it, you're trying to win the game. So let's go to the other end of the spectrum on a game where it's nine points with 24 seconds to go. Do you just keep fouling? Do you just keep yeah. fouling? I mean, there's, I think there's a difference. I okay. really do. Um, I think when it's a two possession game, and shoot, you never know. You jack up a three and get fouled. Uh, you know, four points, um, it's close enough where. You want to exhaust all your options. You want to wake up the next morning and say, we did everything possible yeah. in the game. When it's 20 seconds and nine points and you don't have the ball, um, you know, that's – I agree. You know, you you just uh, let the, let the, the, the clock run out. Yeah, I guess uh, we, we've seen that. There, there, is, there is a line we've and, seen and that. there is a blurry point. We've seen that more often, you know, where they – the last – 
90 seconds of the game takes 14 and a half minutes. Cause then you get a couple out of bounds where they go to the review, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, it's just ridiculous. Oh. It's a 12 point game and they have to review, you know, an out of bounds and who cares? It's a four, 14 point game. Yeah. Sean, you had a comment on Twitter that I, I was really looking at trying to analyze <laughs> because you said, and there's lots of those on Twitter for Sean, but or, no, it's actually Todd. I'm sorry. But Todd, you said, um, you know, as much as I complain about the officiating, I hate replay. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Those two don't go together because you get one or the other or you got to have both. I mean, does it make sense? Because uh, Well, this isn't the first time I've, I've, I've been clear as mud. I mean, this isn't the first time. That's it's part of my charm, Bill. If, if the um, officials are horrible, replay helps them. If they're and, really and good, I, we don't need replay. Right? And I think that was kind of my point. I think <laughs> I would rather live in a world where re- re- officials make bad calls then to stop a game for three minutes yeah. <laughs> with a minute left. And Sean made a good point. I think we were texting saying, hey, if you have no timeouts, you oh, shouldn't yeah. be allowed to go to the bench, you know? Right, right. And then there's, it's valid, right? Why, yeah. why do they get the benefit? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty complex and complain a lot. But I think what I was trying to say is as bad as I complain about officiating, I think I'd rather live with their horrible calls than the delay of replay. And <laughs> we've argued before in past shows, especially in the NFL, replay doesn't always get it right. And that's right. what drives me crazy. That is crazy. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be you know, be kind of neat is if they, uh, if you don't have any timeouts left, you know, you have to go stand like in the center circle, like a yeah, little you, timeout. You, you know, like jumping a, jacks. You a little timeout. You know, you have to go sit on the sideline and face away from your coach. Um, all right. Let's head over to the East, guys. Uh, Villanova, West Virginia, uh, close game until the end. And Villanova just, you know, between the free throws and a couple big threes. And that was a game where, once again, West Virginia was kind of getting their way in the paint. And then they, with about three minutes to go, they just started hoisting up three pointers yeah. from just all over the court. They lose by 12. And then uh, Texas tech puts kind of a hurt on, on pit on Purdue. I just think Purdue without their big man in the middle uh, and the athleticism of Texas tech. Um, and then that came down to Villanova just being a better team on Sunday. Right. Yeah. Nothing really to talk about there. Really. That, yeah. One, I mean, one seed took care of business, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then in the, in the West, in the Midwest over in oh, Omaha, Midwest, I'll be right back. I'm going to, I'll be back in about five minutes. You guys. Oh, yeah. Okay. Boy, oh, gonna, boy. <laughs> uh, Kansas, Kansas kind of pounds Clemson, but then Clemson comes back, kind of claws back at the end, uh, makes it a four point game, but it wasn't really ever close. Um, Syracuse and Duke was a, you know, once again, was a battle between that, that, that zone that just throws people off. You saw uh, Coach K went with the zone as well. Um, and it was just a, a game that was kind of nip and tuck, and it got close at the end, but but Duke holds on. And yesterday's game was probably the best game of the tournament as far as just two really good teams, two, two well-coached teams. I thought, for the most part, it was well-refereed. They kind of let the players play. Early in the game, there was, I think, maybe only – only three fouls called in the first 12 minutes, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was just, you know, you know, Todd, you called out the one ref. Why do you gotta be so demonstrative on the, you know, on the <laughs> out of bounds, but that's just a, a referee, I guess, either wanting to be seen or what, but that was a, that was a man's game right there. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I'll go on there. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. I think the winner of that side of the bracket, Villanova, Kansas cuts the nets down on Monday. I just, you know, now, once again, Michigan or 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 Loyola Chicago, I'm not going to get rule them out, but certainly could happen. But I think the the odds are that if they reseeded the the brackets, Villanova and, and Kansas would go opposite sides. Yeah, I, yeah. I, hats off to Kansas, right? Because they were horrible at the beginning of the season. They were yeah. bad. I mean, 
Um, Arizona State beat them at home, um, and Arizona State went on to you know barely make the tournament and lose in a play. They lost three Big Twelve games at home. Yeah, I mean it, that's would never happen before, right? So mm. they definitely squared something away here at the end of the season with Bill Self and um, figuring that whole thing out. But uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you guys know I've been. It's a weird way I came to like Duke. I was in I was in my I was a teenager when I first started when I first found him and. Uh, so it's one of those things I just followed all along. And, you know, Grayson Allen had, uh, you know, Todd and I were talking about it. Not just a poor game, but not, not the best of tournaments, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then for the big guys to just be non-existent, for, for Carter and Bagley to, uh, to have the game they had at the time they had it, you know, it, it really, it, I mean, it obviously – hats off to Kansas defense. I can't. Uh, well, listen, uh, yeah, Bill, let me, let me just say that's probably more of a, uh, a credit to Azubuki and D'Souza yeah, than it is good. a slam on those two guys. And I think it, what it shows you is as good as Bagley and, and, and Carter. Uh, Carter are, you know, they start going up against, you know, Dwight men. Howard and yeah, they start men. going up against, you know, uh, Tristan Thompson and yeah. guys that I'm not, you know, Tristan Thompson's not even an all, well, I guess he is an all-star backdoor, but you know, Al Horford, you start going up against yeah. some guys that just have that that confidence and skill. It's not going to be as easy. I mean, and, and they're nine, they're nineteen years old. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. Kids. They're kids, you know. Um, and I think that whole having four freshmen starting, um, the the moment gets a lot bigger. You know, I I, the, I can the analogy I can give you is this. It's it's a weird off analogy, but when we when the Padres made it to the World Series, you know, the the division series ticket on sale was no big deal. We didn't even sell out a couple games. You know, it's just the way it is big stadium uh the lcs we advanced the lcs we're playing the braves now it's okay it's kind of a big deal when we won when we beat the braves sorry about that <laughs> when we beat the braves still too soon Bill. Too soon. yeah so it's in 1998 <laughs> <laughs> the demand for world series tickets was a thousand times greater than anything we'd ever seen before and i think wow. that happens pressure wise for these kids they're this close yeah. And they know they're done after this year. They're this close to going to the final four and it just, the pressure can get to you. It's, it's just part of a uh, part of sports. It's part of what we do. Yeah. Well, um, a couple things and Sean, give me the, give me the uh, reel me in if, if you need to um, going back to the demonstrative ref. And I, I like officials that blend in the background, like build baseball. You have the guys who call balls and strikes and then you have the uh, Eric Greggs of the world, you know, it's like, you know, punching people out and just being a show. Dutch, I like that, Dutch Renner was the best one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you remember. Did he, did he, he was, scream strike? What? He's it. on strike one, right? On strike one. Yeah, I'm like, dude, strike one. You got like 100 more strikes this game. <laughs> it's like good grief. That was Dutch. Uh, that was I grew up on TBS watching the Braves in the, in the 80s, so I, I, I remember Dutch. But yeah. so that was my whole point. Don't be, don't appear happy that it's going one way or the other. You're just calling the game. Um, Sidetrack. So the pressure of the moment, Bill, I think, um, did it get to Grayson Allen? I, I don't know. Um, I am hands one of my, I'm one of the first to raise a hand. I'm not a Grayson Allen fan, uh, but I watched that, that shot uh, in slow motion a couple times. <laughs> oh my Twice. God. Twice I mean, it went in. Yeah. Ha- ha- talk about a life changer either way. Um, and it's just, I, I, I'm not a fan of the guy. I don't like some of the things he's done, but gosh, I have compassion for him, right? Because the rest of his life, you know, he could have been in the final four. So um, I, I feel I feel for him, um, but hey, he'll be okay. Um, and Bill, we were going, uh, I got to share this story. We were going back and forth text, uh, via text, 
And basically, Sean, you're, you, you, uh, our friends or follow Aaron Conrad there in Col- yep. the Columbus area. He is the biggest diehard uh, Carolina North Carolina fan. guy, right? And so I text him in the Syracuse game, and he's telling me, he's like, Syracuse plays zone, that's fine, right? Jim, Jimmy uh, Beheim, Boheim, Beheim, he recruits guys. We're playing zone. He says, Duke's playing a zone because they're just not good at man-to-man, and they recruit five chip, you know, all-star, five-star, blue chip, all-American guys. So he was kind of knocking Duke, right? So yesterday, in the heat of the moment, I'm texting this, and Bill simply responds, TLTR. And I go to Kate, I go, what does that mean? She goes, too long to read. (laughs) You had to ask. And I'm like, why, Ayana, Bill? I'm making a great point. So it was uh, (laughs) – <laughs> we were we were having a good time. I, Bill, I, I was rooting That's for awesome. you personally, but I couldn't I couldn't root for Duke. Um, I get it. I get yeah, it. and so, Bill, yeah. you were watching the game on your phone on the uh, Southwest flight, right? On my iPad. I had my iPad up, and uh, it was great. In fact, the two guys next to me were watching it too. All three of us were watching it. <laughs> they were all leaning in to see it. Yeah, exactly. Nice. And, and 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 I when the shot went in and out, I I said to Bill, oh. I said, "Did you scream?" And he said, "I woke the kid up behind me." You know, so <laughs> That's uh, the baby's crying behind me. Yeah, you know that shot very similar to uh, if you remember the Butler uh, was it yeah. Butler versus UConn. Uh, Gordon Hayward, that half quarter that would have oh, tied yeah. it, banked yeah. in and out twice. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, all right, so let's just preview. Uh, we'll, we'll be on the air Easter Sunday uh, before the championship game. But mm-hmm. so you got Loyola Chicago versus Michigan. Michigan team that's playing really well right now, uh, very defensive uh, against a team that is kind of a, a scrappy, very athletic, is inside, third, outside. Third Final Four or Third Elite Eight in the last since twenty Third Elite Eight, second second uh, Final Four final by four, yeah. by Beeline. Okay. Yeah, good, um, yeah, I think Michigan is probably favored. Todd, you might be able to pull that up, but keep um, talking, keep talking. Yeah, I'm going to guess Michigan's probably a, a few points favored. Um, Bill, what do you think on that first game? That's the six oh nine Saturday night. Um, does Loyal Chicago have enough to do it, or does Michigan move forward? I, I'm going to say Michigan moves on. Um, I, I think their defense is just going to be smothering, overwhelming. They and they, they can score when they have to. Um, I like. I mean, they've they've they played a lot of close games too, so they're not going to get I think too stressed out if things kind of stay close. Uh, they've won. I think what by one by four, one by one. I mean, they've they've really hung in there well mm-hmm. in a couple blowouts. So I I, I I just can't. I don't know if you can, but I just can't take. Loyola Chicago to make it to the finals. Yeah, once again, we've seen it. We've seen it before. Where Eleven seeds make it, and then they kind of feather out here, right? Yep. Gators benefited by by facing them. It's one of those things that I think every team uh, says, "I hope Loyola wins because we can easily beat them." Uh, yeah. And that's what three teams have said. Four teams now along the way have said that. So, yep. um, Todd, what do you think? It's a five point spread. Hmm. Uh, Michigan minus five. Um, God, I, I, I'm a. It's probably a pro and a con about myself is I'm a gut guy and I get a gut feeling early and I tend to stick with it. So originally I thought a week of fame, walking on campus, being the uh, heroes on campus, all the microphones, all the questions being asked, I think it's just going to wear down a team that's used to flying under the radar. I think they've flown under the radar and they, they peaked in the Final Four. Michigan, second Final Four, third Elite Eight in the last, what, seven years they've been here, done that. So I think Michigan wins. Yeah, I have Michigan in the finals in my bracket, so wow. I still have a chance to finish in the money in my pool. Even though I don't know if you saw David Marine's tweet this morning, he was just sharing it from ESPN. But I think seventeen point three million people fill out a bracket. Yeah, I saw that. Five hundred and fifty people had this final four. Wow, 
which which just seems unbelievable. It, it's it's such a small percentage. But five hundred fifty people. Five hundred fifty people took Loyola Chicago to the Final Four. That's the yeah, and Michigan and, and, and yeah. yeah. So they had a one one three nine or eleven. You know, 11, just 11, it, 11, yeah. it's just a weird how you get there. Um, yeah. Uh, and then in, in the in the varsity game, hmm. uh, Villanova <laughs> like coached by Jay Wright, Bill Self, both both coaches with one national championship. Bill Self actually won his national championship in San Antonio. Um, there's got to be something about that that he feels comfortable, you know, kind of the, the, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, what's the coach's name in, in Hoosiers? Uh, you know, oh, Gene you know, Hackman. Yeah, I know Gene Hackman, but, you know, Norman, Norman Dale, Norman Dale, you, uh, yeah. you know, where he brought, brings him into the field house and he asks Ollie to measure the distance, you know, and it's the same, doesn't matter how big same it fun. is. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be a good game. Uh, you got, you got some really good players. You got some Brunson, you know, and, and, um, uh, is it Smith or the the one off guard for Villanova? Just solid. Um, I I tell you what, uh, is it Crawford for Kansas? He's a man. man. Oh my God. Yeah. I I texted you. He's just, he's amazing. That guy. So it would be, it it would be kind of ironic though. If somehow Loyola Chicago gets past Michigan and plays Villanova, to turn the tables from 1986 when Villanova was the darling ah, ah. Who, who beat, you know, the, the upstart number one seed Georgetown, Georgetown yeah. uh, in, in Rupp arena um, in one of the best shooting performances you'll ever see. I think they shot 58%. Uh, no, more than no, that. no 80, 70, almost 80, almost 80%. 78%. 78%. Yeah, 78%. Yeah. All right. So, so we're, uh, who are you picking? I'll, I'm going to take Villanova and Michigan. Yeah, me too. Villanova, Michigan. That's my final. Uh, I already picked Michigan. I, I just have a feel uh, uh, on paper, Villanova. I think Kansas uh, pulls the minor upset and beats Villanova. Okay, what is that on that on that game, Todd? Five. They're both five. Villanova's five point favorites, really. Yes. Yeah. And Mich- and Michigan's only a five point favorite, then, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. Over over under game one is one twenty nine. Over under Villanova Kansas one fifty five. Yeah. There you go. Okay. All right, guys. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk PGA because that's been who, our trend right all? now. Who wins it all? Well, we'll talk. We'll talk Sunday night next week. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. we'll we'll have a better. We'll we'll know who's playing. You'll um, know I'm right, and it's going to be Kansas. And although we may have to talk about this next <laughs> week, guys, but I have a chance to maybe go see the women's final four, which is here in Columbus. So nice. I might go to the final four on Friday night, and then the championship game on Easter Sunday. Aren't they playing um, now? UConn's so playing. Well, UConn's playing in South Carolina to, for the rights to get there, and oh. UConn is pounding. Yeah, it was number two, South Carolina. <laughs> it was lopsided. Um, yeah, yeah, it's very lopsided. So unfortunately for uh, the defending champs, um, very very proud of them. But they are uh, they are up twenty six right now with six minutes to go in the game. They may score a hundred points in a wow. in a regional final. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, so let's talk golf. Uh, Boy, I love that course. Uh, Austin Country Club looked beautiful. It's a Pete Dye course. was mm. in great shape. It had kind of the, the funny undulations and the side hills and the pot bunkers and the weird greens. Um, but that was kind of a fun tournament. I don't know where it fits on the tour, whether it's the best spot to have it two weeks before the Masters to have a stroke, you know, to have a, a match play event. Um, I think players would probably like to move that to a different time of year. Um, I've heard I heard on the Shack House, you know, Jeff Shackelford's podcast talks about maybe putting it in the same time as the Colonial and the Byron Nelson. So it's like a Texas swing. You got the California swing in the February. You got the Florida swing in, in March. Maybe you move that to, to the end of May uh, and make a Texas swing. 
put it kind of a couple weeks through before the U S open, mm. uh, would be maybe a neat spot, but boy, uh, Kisner Norin in the, in the semifinals side, you and I were kind of watching that match on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. Um, and then JT was playing against, um, Bubba. Yep. Um, and boy, Kisner holds on, wins by a chin, chin, chin on the 19th hole after Norin completely gags like a five footer on, on mm. 18 after putting good all day. And then Bill in golf, when you're playing match play, nothing really worse than being five down after five, right? <laughs> yeah. Is there, could, could there be, any, be anything worse? By that no, football? there couldn't no. be anything worse. But the fact was is that Bubba had only made one birdie. Um, he birdied the first hole, right? And right. then, and then Kisner rings off four straight bogeys in match play. Um, after after matching Norn, I think they said they both shot sixty fives. Yeah, they uh, both rattle off five straight birdies back to, against each other. I mean, yeah, to, 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 like to have it to have yeah, the holes. to have yeah. the holes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that that match was only a. Uh, Norn was up one for the first five holes and then Kisner won a hole. And then I think he went up one and then it was half the rest of the way. So really tight match, but, um, Bubba wins another one. That's the second win in the month. Um, you know, for a guy that was ready to give it up and just go work in his candy store, um, Hmm. two wins now heading into masters. Um, you know, Rory coming off a win in the masters. I don't think Rory's going to play in Houston next week. Um, what did you see in Houston? What anything stand out to you guys as far as play? And you're talking Austin, right? Um, in Austin, yeah. Sorry, the, Houston's next week. They go to Houston. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Shell Open coming up, right? Um, so it's always just such an interesting, interesting format. Um, the, the 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 pool play, if you will, I thought it was interested. Interesting, of course. Um, I think I sent you all a text. The big names that did not advance to yeah. the match play. It's unbelievable. Rom, DJ, um, Garcia. Uh, I think I, I sent you text about 10 good guys that, that just didn't make it. Um, boy, Bubba, what a, he was voted. This is a well-known story. I think in 2015, one of the least popular guys on the tour. Right. Um, but to hear him interview guy, if you want a true honest answer and a guy who wears his emotions on his sleeve, um, uh, Bubba's your guy. I mean, he, I think he's cried after every one of his 11 wins. Um, after every every one of his majors for sure, uh, but just interesting guy, and he just he just played played well all week. Um, I think I think JT burned out a little bit. Um, I think Kisner, as, as you indicated before, Sean, he was God. He's probably just glad to to, to make the finals. Um, you know, scratching and clawing to, to get there. So fun format. I like it. I kind of agree with you. It may not be placed um, in the season where it needs to be. Yeah. So they head to Houston next week, right, for the Shell, and then they go into Augusta. Um, will be interesting. Like I said, we, we, we may need to chat next week based on how this turns out. Now, quick story, uh, Bill, did you see Ian Poulter, uh, the kind of the controversy with Ian Poulter? Yeah, I sure did, where he was told he had enough points to get in, and then they said, oh, not so fast. We made a mistake in the math. You're not in. Yeah, and he, he got kind of mad. He was like, oh, he felt sure. like he deserved. Well, because Golf Channel told me I'm in, I should be in, right? <laughs> yeah. didn't, uh, didn't that happen with his tour card? Also, he was told it did. That, it happened last year before the. Uh, he's, the he's probably feeling a little snake bit at this point, right? I think it's yeah. karma. It's karma. It's karma from all those Ryder Cups where he's like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but what what a great foil, though, right? I mean, you're right. You're right. You gotta you gotta have that guy on the other side to be mad at. Yeah, and like I said, I think I think USA is kind of 
Patrick Reed is kind of stepping up to be our, our Ian Poulter, you know, he's yeah. just kind of that guy that I think Europe's going to love to hate. Yep. Um, you know, you just, you don't hate speak. You don't hate Justin Thomas. Uh, Justin Thomas, just a fun, fun guy to watch. You know, John, Johnny Miller was talking about, he's 150 pounds mm. and he's averaging like two and a half so yards good. per yeah. pound, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, um, it's unbelievable how like he, his free wood is going through the fairways and over the green, you know, I think on one of the par fives, he had a 285 yard off the first cut. He had his three wood and it went like 15 yards over the green. Wow. Um, you know, just a, a game which we're not familiar, Bill, anymore. Oh, my. Never, have never been familiar with. <laughs> hey, Sean, who, who weighs more, Fowler or uh, Justin Thomas? And I bet it's pretty close. I bet Fowler. They're both, they're both pretty weighs short. Weighs more? <laughs> oh, no. Thomas is taller than that, isn't he? Keep yeah, going. I, I, think, I think Fowler's <laughs> probably 165. I think Fowler's about 5'2 on his tippy toes. <laughs> not yeah. that there's anything wrong with that. Yes. Right. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's run through the other sports. Um, and then, Bill, you have some top 20 lists you want to get to. I do. I think they're um, kind of fun. You'll love them. Yeah, so um, uh, hockey, we're getting down to eh, we're three weeks before the end of the season. Uh, Bill, you're, you're, uh, you're lightning or, or kind of riding easily yeah, into the playoffs. Yeah, they're a point behind the Predators for tops in the league, but uh, they're doing, doing well. They're playing the uh, Coyotes as we speak. Are they? Okay. Um, so kind of the standings right now uh, in the East, uh, Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto are comfortably in uh, over the Metropolitan, Washington, Pittsburgh. And then there's kind of a log jam. You got Columbus, Philadelphia, New Jersey, kind of in that last little spot. And then Florida up in the, in the Atlantic would take that eighth spot um, over the Western conference. As you said, Bill, uh, boy, Nashville uh, looking good. Uh, in those and, golden and, nights, man, golden nights. And then Winnipeg, the jets, yeah. uh, you know, comfortably in. So, uh, very interesting, uh, what's happening in hockey. So we'll keep our eyes on that. We'll talk more about it. Obviously as we get to April, uh, really once the masters is done, then our focus can go to, uh, some of the other sports as they hit their playoff run. And then in the NBA, uh, Toronto, once again, quietly with the best record in the East, and how about over in the West, Steph Curry out through the, at least the first round of the playoffs. Now they're saying. So is um, Irving, right? Ky- Kyrie Irving's also. Kyrie's on the yeah. shelf. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the Warriors lost uh, <clears throat> KD, right, yeah. last year for the first – through, through a, part, a portion of the playoffs. They're yeah. pretty deep. They're he, pretty he ended, deep. He ended up coming back and winning the uh, finals. Yeah, end. when you got Iguodala and you got, you know, you got some, some players that can easily step up and, uh, you know, then give a little more shots to Draymond and – yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, and Clay Thompson's no slouch. I mean, Clay Thompson, he, yeah. he can, he can light up. You He's know. okay. He's, He's okay. Yep. okay. And you know, Houston and, and some of those teams just sort of, you know, you got to get through the, through the outlier playoffs. And, you know, once again, they all play seven game series now. So, yeah. um, Oh, even and, the first round. Is that right? I think they switched that last year to the, to seven games. Wow. Um, it, it may still be five, but, um, I think they switched that last year to seven. Um, it's going to go through July now, I think. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, Todd, anything happening? Oh, did you guys happen to see the NCAA swimming championships and what Caleb oh. Dressel from Florida did? Yeah, breaking records like it's nothing. Huh? <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. He breaks 20 seconds in the 50 meters twice. He did, I think, 19.9 and 18.8. Um, and he, he broke 40 in the 100 meter. Now they do 25, 25, 25, 25. So it's a different uh, length pool. Um, Rowdy Gaines, who who swam for Florida, uh, acclaimed Olympics announcer, said mm-hmm. he's covered forty of these. He's mm-hmm. never seen a more dominating performance than Caleb Dressel. So just remember that name as everybody's chalking Michael Phelps up into this upper echelon. We'll see what happens with this Caleb Dressel guy. Um, 
I don't know what's happening in soccer. Todd, any, anything going on in soccer? Uh, international break, um, uh, which just is painful that our, our good old USA didn't make the World Cup. Um, but there's some there's an international break this this uh, this week, and they resume the EPL on Saturday in MLS. Um, Sean, errors and omissions. Gosh, I apologize. Ricky Fowler is 5'9". Justin Thomas is 5'10". For some reason, I thought Fowler was a lot shorter. So going okay. back to goal. So there you go. That's okay. Probably Mike Weir's probably shorter than both of them, and Ian Woosnam is only five. And uh, Brian Har- Brian Harmon's pretty. Brian Harmon's pretty short. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bill Tennis, I think French will be two weeks. French yeah, is the same right. as time, same time as the Masters, I believe. Right, right yeah. after Easter weekend. Yep. Um, okay. Um, so, Bill, why don't you hit us with the uh, before we do our our wrap up? Hit us with these top twenty lists that came out this this week. Very interesting. So I'm going to um, let you try and guess, you know, uh, off these top twenties, and then I'll run through it real quick. But the first oh. one to look at. Remember now, ESPN the magazine is celebrating its 20th year. That that's, makes you feel old, right? It doesn't feel yeah, like that long ago. 1998, um, then, right? Yeah, or 1999. 98 is okay. when it uh, started. So they looked at and ranked the most dominant teams in that 20 year span. So single season teams, not really. Um, oh, not de- not not dynasties. Not, not dynasties, but oh, uh, single season. Gotcha. Single season. So you'll love this. So let's get to. Um, I want you to go ahead and tell me who you think the number one is, and I'll tell you where they are because you're going to – Is this pro or college or it's, all? It's any team in the world. What? Oh, really? Yes, this is awesome. I'm going to go with the UConn Huskies women's basketball has got to be in the top five. Pick their most dominant year. Um, so you got the 2013-14 UConn women Huskies uh, went 40-0. and They're number six. That was close. Wow, not, not that was... bad. Not bad. Yep. Okay. Sean? Um, how about Golden State when they had their huge run? Yeah, but they, they lost the championship that year. So, so I'll go back to the Bulls. I'll go to the Bulls when they were 72-10 and 10 and won the championship. Well, that was after that was 98. 98. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Wow. Um, I was always bad at school, Bill. I was always bad yeah. at school. At school. I mean, that just says volumes. I don't think – has Alabama had an undefeated season? So I don't know if Alabama mm-hmm. would have a team in that top five. So I'm going to say – I'm um, sure they have. I'm sure they have most dominant team yeah you know the patriots were 16 15 and 0 and they lost or 18 and 0 and they lost to the giants so it wouldn't be them um i'm gonna say yankees 98 and i don't know if that yeah you know what number three 1998 yankees the team that beat the padres by the way <laughs> swept them <laughs> they won and in 99 the braves went to new york 111, 111 right 125 wins when you count Oof. all the playoffs, everything. Good yeah. Lord. What a so I'm, I'm still bitter in 99. The Braves took a 2-0 lead in Yankee Stadium, came back home, and couldn't close out the series. I, was, I told you I was at game one. Uh, yeah. That's where Oof. Andrew Young hit three home runs off of uh, – started off with Andy Pettit in that game. So <clears throat> let me give you the, the – we'll start at 20 and work our way backwards. You ready? Okay, sounds good. 20th best uh, dominant team in that time frame was the 99-2000 UConn women Huskies. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, two th- number 19, the 07-08 Kansas Jayhawks. They went 37-3, and three, uh, won the national championship. That was Mario Chalmers hitting the, exactly the last right. second shot. You got wow. it. Wow, good pull. 18th uh, ranked team, the 06-07 San Antonio Spurs. Duncan wow. probably Parker, right? Yeah. Uh, just Robinson. Had, yep. Number 17, <laughs> the 2015 New Zealand All Blacks. This is a rugby, a rugby team. team, yeah. Exactly right, yeah. So they had a dominant season. That'd uh, be a tough one to guess, right? That's there. a tough one. Yeah. Number sixteen, the two thousand seven Boston Red Sox. This is wow. uh, 
The is title, that Schilling with the blood? Yeah, this is after the curse. So after the curse was lifted, they're second. Oh, that's when they, yeah, they swept the, uh, swept the Rockies in the championship. Yep. 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 Number 15, the 04 New England Patriots. Um, I'm sure you can pick any kind of Patriots team, but that's, they had a great year. Four, number, number 14, the 2014 Phoenix Mercury. That was Mercury. Diana Taurasi's first year. Yeah. They had, they had drafted Brittany, Brittany Griner as well, the big, uh, tall, nearly seven-footer, right? So uh, Bay, Baylor, yeah, dunked, she, right? she got in some uh, National Enquirer issues. She, she did. Number, <laughs> number thirteen, the two thousand two Brazilian men's national team. So that's a uh, Ronaldo, right? Kaká, I think Kaká was on that team. Yep, yep. I just like to say Kaká. Kaká. <laughs> number twelve, the two thousand thirteen Seattle Seahawks. Uh, that wow, defense, defense wow. was unbelievable. A thirty-five point Super Bowl win, right? They yeah, were beat, beat the Broncos, right? Yep, killed them. Uh, number eleven. 2013-14 Real Madrid. Mm. Odd. That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> so is Manchester is is Man U up there somewhere? Or, nope. uh, that's our last. Uh, <laughs> soccer. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Number ten. The O oh, 2001 Blue Duke Blue Devils. Yeah. So, UNLV. Right. They played yep. UNLV that year. Yep. Uh, number nine. The 0708 Detroit Red Wings. Uh, fourth champion of a dynasty. Oh, uh, Todd, Todd. I'm thinking 91. I'm thinking oh, that was 91. Back. Yeah. 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 That was 91. Yeah. 2010 yeah. was, uh, was um, Jay Will, maybe? No, you said 01. Did you say 01 or did you say 10? Yeah, 01, 2001. Yeah, it was uh, Shane Battier was on the team. Oh, Shane Battier and, and uh, Trajan Langdon was, would have yep. been on that team. Yeah. Yep. Uh, number eight, most dominant team in the uh, 20 years this has been around, the 2008 Florida Gators. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, who quarterbacked that team? I can't remember. Okay, uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. some guy. Um, number seven, two thousand two, Los Angeles Sparks, <laughs> women's NBA. Number wow. six, we talked about already. UConn Huskies for the thirteen fourteen season. Number five, the two thousand sixteen Chicago Cubs. Ooh. Okay, very dominant team. A lot yeah. of wins. A lot yep. of wins. Yep. Number four, the two thousand twelve two thousand thirteen Chicago Blackhawks. Okay. okay. Great team. Very solid. Yep. Number three, the ninety eight New York Yankees. Number two. The 0203 Australian men's national cricket team. <laughs> really? <laughs> number two. <laughs> how, long have you let it, how long have you let us guess before you uh, told us uh, that? Five years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then finally, number one, you hit it. 2016 17 Golden State Warriors. Last year when they went 16 and 15 and one in the playoffs. 16, oh, that's right. Yeah. 16 and one. They ran through the playoffs like it was nothing. So. I'm shooting you down. Just go, pew, pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> and I think you, you were talking about I was referring to the yeah. year before, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, That's interesting. That's a, that's a good list. I don't know how fun, you pick right? the uh, – yeah. Now this – I'll just go through super fast. This is going to blow you away because um, the most dominant athletes. and Okay, in 20 years. In 20 years. Number 20. Phelps, Phelps has to be number one. Here's the deal. Michael Phelps did not make the list. Woo! And there's a section in the magazine that says, where the heck is Michael Phelps? Here's the issue. There were 34 swimming events at the 2016 Olympics with three more coming in 2020. And while it makes no sense to count each as a distinct sport like soccer or baseball, there's also no way to combine times across distances, disciplines, medleys, and relays. They just say it's just different for swimmers. Uh, that's I'm, very ironically, ironically, Ryan Lochte made the list. No. That's <laughs> really strange. Here's a, number 20, Tom Brady. Number 20. 20. How's he 20? It better be a good list. Jeff Chalmers is going to have problems with that. He's going to, uh, especially where you see where Peyton is. Number 19, Manny Pacquiao. Number 18, makes sense, Mike Trout. Okay. Amazing start. Number 17, controversial pick in my opinion, Barry Bonds. 
Mm. Okay. Asterix next to it? Uh, yeah. Number 16, Allison Felix, right? Track and field star. Okay. Um, so that's uh, number 15, Novak Djokovic. Mm. Oh, okay. He had a great so, run. So I got to think there's two people above him in tennis, right? Uh, Feds I, would be one, and one of the Williams girls. And Serena. Well, I, think yeah. I think you're uh, you're very astute there, Sean. Number 14, Cristiano Ronaldo. Right? Yeah. Okay. Number 13, Lauren Jackson of the Seattle Sounders. Sounders. No, Sounders. Yeah. no this it's basketball. WNBA. Yeah. Uh, what's their team? Not sure. But she's a three-time WNBA MVP. So great year. Uh, number 12, Serena Williams. Yeah. sense. Very dominant. Okay. Only number 12 for Serena. Wow. That's interesting. N- number 11, Lionel Messi. Lionel, yeah. Okay. Makes perfect sense. Number 10. Messi and Ronaldo, top 20. Okay. Yep. Number 10, Usain Bolt. I see that. Fair. I'm going to although, 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 how do they compare him and not Michael Phelps? I mean, are they, are they you know. I think it's how, how well he, he just ran one race, but the dominance in that race was incredible, right? Okay. Well, he, he ran the 200 he, he, too. Yeah, but he he only had two events. So he didn't get to run. He didn't get to swim in you know fourteen of them. Yeah, true. Event. So true. Uh, ninth in the world, and I'll need help here from from Todd, our resident soccer expert. But it's it's a it's a uh, Marta, a five time FIFA Player of the Year. Brazilian is he Brazilian? She is Brazilian. Oh, I do. Okay. Yeah. She. Yeah. She. I said she. Yeah, yeah. Can you, you, can you edit that, please? Yeah, I'll take care of that. No. Hashtag me too. <laughs> well, number eight, Floyd Mayweather. Which okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. If, if Pacquiao's going to be in the top 20, then, yep. then Mayweather's got to be in the top 10. Yeah. Number seven, uh, Michael Schumacher, who dominated F1 racing in the early He's not just 20 years. He's probably 40 years. Yeah. He's crazy, yeah. yeah. Number six, Annika Sorenstam. Wow, okay. She was wow. dominant. Yeah, look dominant. at her numbers. Well, they were crazy, right? Shot 59, played a men's tournament, yeah. And we're now to the top five. Number five, Roger Federer. Could be higher. Could be higher. Oh, I I know who number one is. Hold on. Number four, Jimmy Johnson. Nice. Think about it. Five straight championships, right? Five straight. So so Rainbow uh, Warriors got to be up there too, you'd think, right? You'd think, but I don't think so. So there's only three left. Okay. And you already told us Peyton's one of them. So he's number three. Peyton. You tipped, yeah, you tipped that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's okay. okay. So number three. So who's one and two? Wow. Uh, Tiger is number one. Tiger and Bunny. Tiger and Bunny. T- Tiger is number one. Yep, Tiger's um, number one. And who's number two? Very Phil! Phil oh. is number two. <laughs> uh, think think really big. T- t- tell us the name, though. Wait, Tell us the, what's the title of the list. The title of – oh, you're looking it up. I'm not going to oh, tell it's you. No, it's LeBron James. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Most dominant, right? How do we miss that? Yeah. 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 At first I was thinking most popular because I was going to say Derek Jeter might be up there, but. Um, no, most dominant. Dominant, so, yeah. And which is very interesting. So I'll, I'll, real quick, um, you, you had that, 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 there's an interesting. He's section. the only NBA player? He's the only NBA player for dominance. Wow. Yeah. wow. So here are the questions. Where the heck is Michael? Michael Phelps? Jordan. What about Michael Jordan? Is that pre? Yeah. Yeah, it's pre. Okay. Where, where the heck is Kelly Slater? Because he was dominant in his sport of surfing. Sure. Where the, where the heck is Kobe Bryant? He's not on the list. They Kobe's explain, not on the list, yeah. They explain why they're not on there. And what the hell is Barry Bonds doing on the list? So they, they go through and they have these questions. Uh, right. They, but you're right. Uh, Boston. Because I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I mean. Flipping out. The, the title is the most dominant athletes of the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I, Mario Rivera's got to be on there. You know? I mean, like, look at that. I don't know. I mean, I just – I guess you could argue. But. He's a position, the dominant position. Well, they, they put two players in there, Trout 
and uh, Bonds. I mean, Bonds, the home run thing, even with the taint of you know all that stuff was. Bill said taint. Nobody was even close. Market. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'd argue where's Tony Hawk for skateboarding, right? There you go. Yeah. You could you could argue that. Uh, or Sean, uh, the flying tomato kid. Oh yeah, Carrothead. Carrothead. Yeah. What's his face? Yeah, you don't see a lot of Olympic athletes in that list because, like, the yeah. track and field star Allison Felix, she was she just doesn't run the Olympics. She runs in Europe and was dominating over there, right? Yeah. I mean, you could go more with like a Lindsey Vaughn in down there. Mm. She has an or that Keb, Keb, uh, the the runner, the the long distance runner guy, oh, yeah, Keb yeah. Mafleezy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and well, Tiger and, and LeBron are clear. I mean, when you go back to '98, um, oh. and you know, yeah, they ran once again. Minutes. Tiger, it, Tiger won. Tiger in that time frame from. 2000 from 98 the best ever yeah he won 13 majors 10 more than anybody else in that time frame <laughs> yeah and if you think about it from 98 through today he hadn't won a tournament in five years but he still was so dominant in the first 10 years of that yeah. of that 20 oh exactly that, you know what i'm saying like it was it's not even he close. basically took five years off and still is by far the most dominant athlete of the last 20 years after taking five years off in the middle yeah crazy right pretty impressive that's good yeah. list it's fun I would, yeah. I would argue uh joey chestnut the hot dog <laughs> <laughs> who beat, well, who I, beat I, kobayashi's record of 69 he eats 70 but didn't kobayashi win like six or seven in a row hey this so, this is we could argue all night long bill this is this is the perfect that's why these lists are made <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's all good right. all right let's let's finish up guys todd week ahead heading into the last week of march what do you got on your schedule bud I am uh, I'm back to the grind, Sean. Back to uh, uh, making making local calls, closing jobs. I do travel with a real good buddy of mine, um, Sean Torres. We're, we're doing some calls together on Thursday, so looking uh, looking forward to, to spending some time to, with him and exchanging uh, some knowledge and best practices. Um, next week's spring break around here, so I, I'm going to be in town, but I expect it to be really slow. So the next three days are going to be. Uh, Hitting the hit hitting the road and and uh, grinding it out and trying to try to do some good things and I think next week will be real slow so hitting it hard this week sir good Bill listen to your uh, your conversation with the uh, is it Lee Ken Brownlee uh, Ken Brownlee yeah uh, nice guy yeah I like his his mindset I like the way he's building interesting to say he wants to double in the next three years and triple in the next five years so yeah he's, he's talk very, about DHAG yeah very aggressive and he's um. And I've, I've said this about a couple of people. Anthony Malafronte is one. Ken Brownlee is another. I would have to uh, – it would be a tough decision which one of those two I would go work with if I decided to become a realtor. Really? That's how much I really value what those guys have to say. They're and the way they're building the business. Yeah. And they're, they're great guys on top yeah. of that. So, yeah. Good guy. Good interview. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Good. So uh, what do you got coming up with this week? You traveling? You you home? What, what's going on? I am uh, home this week. I'm, I'm doing a, a couple of Evernote presentations at a uh, – Greater Tampa Realtors Tech Day, so they asked me to uh, sit in and I, you know, I'll do one in the morning, one in the afternoon. There's multiple sessions going on, that kind of a thing. Uh, I've got a lot of meetings scheduled. The team, the sales team, keeping me busy. Uh, this week on the podcast, you're gonna you're gonna love this guy. His name is Phil Greeley. He's a good friend of Brian Hopper's out of Seattle. In fact, okay. they, work, they both work for the uh, Real Logics Sotheby's International Realty Group back there. Uh, just you should check out philgreeley.com, Sean. It's quickly become one of my top three realtor websites in the country. Wow. Just really well done with content and community. And um, I love his line, which is start the process. That's his call to action. A little button that says start the process. 
And you know that when you click on it, it's like, so let's set up a time when I can, uh, we can have a little consultation meeting and figure out what we're going to do. And so we can get down the path with you. Really well. Like it. Like yeah. It. So. And I tip my cat to you, Bill, you and Jeffrey uh, did a great job. I thought on our panel, uh, we did a little, a oh. realtor, a lender and a title guy walk into a bar. I think we, you, we, you, you did all the work. You did. Uh, I, I just think we, we, we built a, we built a good structure, but I think we delivered um, in, in equal parts uh, and told the story of, of how the consumer is at the center of the, of the spokes uh, that we create through our, our different things. So that was fun. Yeah. Wasn't it? I think Barbara, you know, I had a little email conversation with Barbara. She was really happy with it. So that's uh, that's great. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, great job on that. Uh, up, up, you're up. This will be episode 133 now or 134? 134. Yeah. Great job on that. That's fantastic. Um, so one more and then the 16th seed's going to win one. Uh, 135 <laughs> and then uh, the 16th seed's going to win. Uh, for me, guys, guess what? Tomorrow I get to put my passport into use. I'm flying to Toronto. Uh, gonna, gonna pack some some uh, fruits and vegetables and get caught at the border. Uh, <laughs> play some brush on my brush on my those mounties. Watch out for those beagles. They sniff that stuff out. It's great. <laughs> okay, so excited. Gonna go spend some time with uh, with my coal banker RMR friends up there. Do their little uh, spend some time with the rookies the night before, and then uh, their their uh, big awards event. Uh, and then I fly home and. I'm going to do a YPN event uh, with the Columbus Realtors uh, Young Professionals Network Group. We're doing a little panel on what MN Connect is all about and how getting involved in national conventions um, can bring you some some opportunities. So is it an agent, a broker, and a DB uh, walk into a bar? Is that the name Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but guys, it's going to be fun. Uh, great week this week. Let's We'll talk offline about next week's show, which is going to be uh, Easter Sunday, but like I said, if I go to the uh, women's final four, we might need to adjust our time and maybe we, we do a pre-tip show for the final four uh, on that Monday. Um, might make a lot of sense. We've done that for a couple other national championship games. So on behalf of Todd in Cumming, Georgia, that's Todd Meiniger in Cumming, Georgia. <laughs> Thank you, sir. And Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, and this is The Stare Down.